This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium, episode 55. Player profile, Matt. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. I think it, a good way to start this episode would be to talk about how you approach starting a Space Cats episode in general. Um, I think you so and like, I... What's your general... Like, how do you... When you sit down to record this, like, sure. what do you... What are you thinking? You and I have really terrible recording etiquette, which is that, like, we do all these really boring things just before we record, like, a lot of the bookkeeping stuff, mm-hmm. like, the moment before we record. And so then it's completely impossible to quickly adjust into like oh let's just have a conversation let's have yeah some no fun here. like anytime i record like a podcast like some stupid podcast with like comedians and stuff we're all just like sitting around there's like drinks and, and suddenly you're recording just, like goofing and yeah and then you just like you hit record and it doesn't even feel like with us it's like i'm sitting in the dark right now yeah. like i'm sitting in the dark with no pants on and I'm wearing a blanket, and there's nothing in the room except for just this table yeah. that I have my laptop on. Uh, not even my laptop, my girlfriend's laptop, just sitting on. And it's like I'm in. It's like I'm in a cave. If there's nothing could change, to respond to. If you could change our method, off. what would you do? How, what, I mean, on actually, here's what's funny is the best. I think the best intros we ever have are when it's like we just played a game and we're like, time to go record right now. Oh yeah, and That's then all we do is like we're best. just ready to start talking about the game. I think the very best would be us in space, obviously, <laughs> looking out yeah. on you know the on Jupiter, sure, or something. Because we're, we're really close to it. We haven't established like canonically where we do record. So I think this is maybe a good time for like the story of the show to kind of pick a spot where we hey, are Hunter. doing, where we are transmitting Hunter. from. Hunter. Uranus. Oh, <laughs> oh that's, uh, that's a swear. And we don't do that on this show. Um, <laughs> so that's going to get picked up by the filter. Um, oh, no. I'm going to apologize to everyone that was super offended by that bum joke. (laughs) That bum joke and that bum joke. Mm -hmm. It was a bummer joke. Hunter, I just want to delay this forever because I don't want to talk about myself today. That's what I'm right. Okay, well, right yeah. T- let's, Matt, tell us what what is the subject of today's episode? <laughs> Can you tell episode? us what the subject? It, it was your idea. I think you have to. Was tell it? Us. I remember <laughs> you being like, "This one's about me." You said, <laughs> and you just kind of chucked the mic at me. Um, and it was in our um, recording studio on Uranus. Uh, and you were just like, Hunter, we got to get, we got to do, I'm hot right now to talk about me and myself and just me. And what at I've first you weren't on. even going to have me in it. You were like, no, you're not in this one. This one's this was just supposed to be the first be. episode without you right. embarking on the new quest of space mats, peace metals. Yeah. Space mats, peace metals, uh, the story of twilight Ma- Matt Perium fourth edition. Yeah. Um, which that would have been a better title than whatever we picked or player profile whatever that's lame sure yeah. um 
But yeah, so today we just wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, we wanted to do an episode just kind of breaking down um, Matt as a strategy game player. Um, and I think what's I think the reason we're doing this right now is because, um, well, first of all, we haven't done one of the fun episodes that's just kind of like outside of the general like right. kind of strategy stuff. But this is going to have a fair amount of strategy talk because we're talking about Matt in the context of, you know, how does he play games? How does he approach games? Um, and especially since we covered secret conversations and whispers last week, I feel like it's very relevant. <laughs> it's yeah, it's very relevant with Matt. Um, and so like I it just felt like, yeah, let's this would be a good way to sort of extend that conversation uh, within a specific context. Yeah. Um, because also you guys should kind of know like, you know, what the you're listening to these bozos every week. And you should right. kind of know like what why am I kind offering of a, the kind of advice that I tend to offer is sort right. of a, the thought process and Matt, and he doesn't know anything about board games. You know, basically. he's just, well, I know more than you, you, I mean, uh, you, you know, more, you know, the rules to the game. I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that. You do know the rules. Um, and I, I'm yeah. interested in doing this idea because I, I think, uh, well, first off, we want to do it a lot more, right? We want to do, we're, we're going to do an episode on Hunter, like either next week or very soon, but we want to like expand this into even more. I, I mean, I think definitely if we get a victor out of, we will, if we get a victor out of the Patreon tournament. <laughs> no, when we, when we have crowned our champion. <laughs> no, it'll be a six-way tie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we crown our champion, I would love to do a player profile on them. Um, mm -hmm. This is always something a space kitty could request for their, you know, their special episode. If you want us to just play some games with you and then like describe you as a player I, I think it's valuable to see the different ways people make choices a so that you can consider a new way to make choices and b so that you know the different types of players you might be up against and right. how to exploit their decision making or whatever you know there's there's like a lot of value in just knowing how other people think in a in a more general sense so, right and I think I, I we do. learned from the from the conversation about uh, secret conversations and whispers uh, that there's a lot of different types of people that actually play Twilight Imperium. Yeah, like, lots and of different, they have like, different preferences and and styles that that sometimes rely on specific structures to to be present to to like be their best player. Right. Um. So let's let's get into it. I I think most of this is going to be Hunter asking me questions because I do not know how to just like talk about myself for. How to just bloviate on, yeah. on just you and who you <laughs> exactly. are. Yeah, well, I mean, I would hate if you were good at that. Um, so, Matt, <laughs> um, take a seat, uh, Matt, and uh, yeah, hi. just tell yeah. me, we're, we're here, we're here in Uranus, uh -huh. and <laughs> where, <laughs> where we record this live, um, and the thing about Uranus is that when you record there, um, it's always live. So like, Hunter, it just feels like this. we're so far up my anus. I mean, your anus that I, <laughs> I don't know how I can ever get past this episode. Right. This, this one had to be in your anus. Um, <laughs> you, you did say that specifically. And I mean, we used to record on the moon, um, because of all the cheese. Uh, right. But this time it was now definitely, it's just my cheese. Right. It's just your cheese. Oh, wow. I'm done with that bit now. Um, <laughs> But Matt, uh, since you're sitting right across from me, just tell me, um, where did you? What was the first strategy game you ever remember playing, um, and were did you like it at all? I mean, I think most people's answers is like Risk. I guess we we played a decent amount of like normal board games growing up. I didn't grow up in like a cool 
and I use the word cool and weird air quotes, uh, board game house. But like we played a lot of like Michigan rummy, which is weird. And what is people that? Might not even, it's just like a weird form of rummy that has this board. I think it has other names, but my dad always called it Michigan rummy. But we would play that. We play like a lot of dice games and card games. But then we also had Risk and Monopoly. And we'd play a lot of Risk and Monopoly. And... Um, were I never did at risk at all. No, God, no. I was eleven, and my dad would just crush us, or my big brother would beat us. You know, it's just like I never. It was just a thing to do when the power went out. You know, right, right. Um, and then in college, early college, uh, I was hanging out with uh, our friend Sean, our mutual friend Sean, and he was hanging out with a bunch of kids in the honors college. And they all played Axis and Allies. And but we had already we had I, played the, We had played it before, hadn't you? Played I it? never had. You had played with some other people, but I'd never pl- I'd never touched it because I didn't care about strategy games that much. I wasn't. Oh my god! Wow, I didn't I even know. realize that. The first time I ever played it was not. Uh, if there may have been one time we played with the the super old one that was just wooden blocks, some mm-hmm. like Jason had that or whatever, and I may have touched that one time and played like two rounds, but we did we definitely did not finish, and I definitely wasn't familiar with what was even going on when we played it. But we played a decent amount in college with this other group of people that were all significantly more intelligent than me uh, in every aspect of life. And so when I would play with them, first off, it was like my first major strategy game. And second, they were all definitely smarter than me. So I kind of just played as a vassal. I just let them tell me what to do. <laughs> I Usually they would put me as America. And it was just like, we'll tell you what to buy. And then in round four, you'll come sweep up and you'll have some fun rolling some dice. But until then, you just sit in the corner. And and that, and I I don't want to put this as like they made me do that. Yeah, I was a very willing that. participant to just be like, tell me what to build. I don't know what to do, and I'm afraid to make decisions on my own because I feel like I'll ruin your game if I make the wrong decision. So I'm just gonna let you tell me every single thing to do. God, we have to um, do an access and allies stream now. I know. Uh, I didn't know that you were. I thought for some reason I thought you played along with all of us in high school. And that you knew a little bit about the game going into college. I didn't realize that you were basically playing blind. No, I in went college. in college. Wow. Um, but we played with people who had like revised edition, and then Sean and I bought the Pacific and Europe 1940s, um, the which huge had the one. really the, the giant huge board, one. the six foot long board when you put them together. Um, and all that kept happening was we thought it was the, the more I got a little bit understanding of it the more i was just like i wish i wish you know russia could secede from the allies or germany could kick Mm -hmm. japan out and just try to do their own thing or whatever you know it's just always like why can't we betray each other where's the where's or we even i remember specifically multiple times we talked about and we i think we even tried it once of like let's is there a cold war setup for right. Axis and Allies, and we looked oh for other God. people's setups. We tr- we we spent like four hours setting up a Cold War setup, and then and never we never played, played it. it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that day. That was ridiculous. I can't yeah. believe we did that. And I'm pretty sure, actually, now that I think about it, that I was the one that was like, I don't want to, gun- I don't want to oh, do yeah. it now. Yeah, like, yeah, it took too long, and it's not worth it. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, like, it really just came down to like I wasn't very good at strategy games. But then you all. Uh, started getting very, very interested in Twilight Imperium. Yeah, and what was your um, first exposure to Twilight Imperium? Just period. What did you we had a we had a group 
message board that one of our friends made back in the day of like pre Facebook group chats and stuff where one of our friends made a website for us to all go have a chat room on. Oh God, and it was I, awful. You had to I go remember to a, a website yeah, to talk I remember, to your friends. <laughs> I remember a post that was like, hey, here's some board games we're thinking about getting. And I remember just seeing Twilight Imperium on it. And when I saw it, I, my only impression was like, well, that if I can't understand Axis and Allies very well, I'll never be able to touch Twilight Imperium. Right. And then later, you and Sean were very interested in that Dice Tower introduction video for TI3, you know, their whole breakdown and everything. And and you guys wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> and I was just like, well, it's I, it's a 30-minute rules explanation, and I don't understand any of it by the end of that video. So I don't know why I would be interested in this <laughs> board game. I, I kind of don't care, but That's really I know crazy. I enjoy... I know, it's very weird considering where we are now, but... I, I just remember thinking I I'm not good enough at strategy games. I don't know that I would want to do it, except for the hook that you could betray each other, which is what I always wanted from Axis and Allies. Why? 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 Why is that such a core? Just because like, that's like such a core thread to you as a player. It is the same thing as anyone who like wants to break the rules of like the video game that they're playing. You know, it's like I want to mm-hmm. break outside of the the boundary in this halo map or whatever it you know it's just like that desire to like i wish i want to shake it up i want to change the context of this game almost like uh, you're looking at the game that's there and you're like well i want to make my own game exactly yeah and so then with off the table right and and the other thing is i just knew i wanted to i i it's like if if any of us got twilight imperium i was gonna want to play it you know but Mm -hmm. but it would it I assumed one of you would get it because you wouldn't shut up about it. But then I went and I was on a job in Mississippi for like four or five weeks. And there was a board game store there that had it on sale. It was like $60 to get Twilight Imperium. And again, as the person who was just like, I don't know if I actually care about this game, but I know it's a big deal. And I know it would be a huge thing if I like showed up with it. So I went ahead and bought it. Like I, I had the money and and bought it for super cheap and then sent, you know, the text to you and Sean just being like, guess what is going to happen as soon as I get back from this job? And, you know, it was like just the exciting thing to get it. But I still had no confidence in my ability to play it. Mm-hmm. Do um, you remember uh, the so the first game we played was at somebody's house? I don't even remember. Was it Chris's house? Chris's Chris. house. Yeah. And but, uh how did you how did you feel about your purchase when we like got it all out? Do you remember? Well, here's what what is what you have to know about Hunter and I as friends and me as how my relationship is with all of my friends is I've always been the organizer, mm-hmm. like the the person who we used to have land parties at my house and I was you know like I was the one who kind of made pushed for that to happen and we would make stupid short films and stuff and I was always kind of the one who was like begging people to do that in high school and and it's always kind of come down to me to like know the know the rules of what we're doing and that hadn't applied to a board game context yet but then with ti i was the only person who'd read the rule book and the rule book says it should take an hour to two hours (laughs) twilight imperium third edition should take one to two hours to play that's what it says that's what it says on the box. Wow. That uh, might be the most egregious offense <laughs> of that like playtime to actual time. 
Wow, I did not know that. That's yeah. so wild. So we started a game in someone's basement, basically, or in their like living room. Uh, oh yeah, they didn't even really want to play. Like the they two, were just kind of like whatever. Two of the people didn't really want to play. Two or three of the people didn't really want to play. You, me, and Sean and Shelton were there. I, think, I don't know. Four, I think there were four of us that were like interested enough, but uh, it was at like six or seven at night, or later than that. It was at night. Like it was. Mm-hmm. If, if we had known what we were getting into, we would have known that this was the stupidest thing we could be doing to try to start it this late. It could have been like 10 o'clock at night for all I remember. Yeah, no, I think it was really, really late. Yeah, um, because we started it and then we finished round one two hours later and we were like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. We're, we're not playing this game right now, actually. We should, we should pack this up. What was your first impression of it, you think? Um, I, I, it's really hard to remember um, because I, I genuinely don't like, I'm trying to process when I went from like really gung ho about this game, like h- how I got to that point from where I was before, which was just like, I don't know what this is. I think it was just enough excitement on, of the fact that we finally owned it, that I was starting to care about thinking about it strategically. And here's the big difference, I guess. With Axis and Allies, it was someone else taught me Axis and Allies, and I was never very comfortable with the rules. I'd never read the rule book all the way through. Right, right. And I'd never had to design my own strategy on my own. But with Twilight Imperium, there was no other option. Like, I was the only one who knew the rules. And right, we, and I wasn't going to read that rule book. Right, and we played all the rules wrong our first game. We we completely botched tactical actions, like, all together. Um, I don't even remember how we did them. I just remember, like, a game or two later being like, wait, we've, com- we've been doing this like so intensely wrong. I yeah. I remember the command it. counter system was really quite, I actually didn't even know if I liked that part of the game. Right. It was very I remember being like, for a while. but anyways, I, I think just by sheer nature of being the person who had to teach it, that meant I had to invest in like figuring out what the strategy of this game was. And it just started to click. Like, I don't know when it started to click, but it started to, to click that I that I cared about this game and right. and liked making the types of decisions it forced me to make. Um, what were, what the, were some the of other? The, oh, go ahead, go ahead. The the other big thing was just like thematically, right? Is we had fun even in our dumb like two hour session of only one round. The types of things we were doing were fun enough to where I was. I think honestly, at that point, we weren't even thinking that intense about strategy, right? Like it was just this big board game that we knew was a space opera. Mm-hmm. We weren't thinking of it as a strategy game. We were thinking of it as this huge space opera. And and the moment when, in that very first game, Sean was Sardak Nor, and someone offered him some kind of deal, and he just went, well, I tell you, I may be just a simple bug man, but I reckon you uh, owe me for trade goods there, partner. And like... He pulled that out of nowhere. Like he, he, Sean just in a moment decided my my space bugs are are bugmen space farmers that farm moisture. He like completely developed this whole like backstory right. to their right. faction, and like then we sunk our teeth into it. You know, like it it just was like oh we get to be characters and we get right. to like make stupid decisions with each other and make weird deals and and it became. I mean, it was all about the thematics, I think, for us. It was a fun thing to, like, think of strategies, but I don't even think... It's not like I invested thought before a game into what strategy I was going to employ. Right. We played very much like, you're going to get Delta Random Race, uh, we're going to build the map and see what we come up with, and you just start going. Like, it was always shooting from the hip. 
Yeah, we built such horrible maps to play oh, on. Oh, we messed up a few times, too. I remember my first, I think it was my first, maybe it was a later one. I remember a Jolnar game, though, where I was completely locked into my corner because we had messed up the anomalies. We we I had three anomalies in front of me that I had only two ways to get onto the rest of the board, and they were, oh like, very God. long paths. And then Necro came and blocked one of those paths, so I, I was just trapped in, like, I think three system tiles for the entire game. Wow. With with literally no option to get out. That's insane. Yeah. What uh what factions do you feel like you like kind of started going towards when you were like first playing Twilight Imperium? My first faction was Mentak. I don't remember why I picked them beyond just cool space pirates, I guess. I don't right. I don't know if I even made a thematic choice. Well, I yeah, think it was we, just a random draw. Know, yeah, we didn't know stuff. Like I remember I picked the extra the first time yeah. because I was just like turtles. Turtles. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I think, um, though, that getting the Mentak first kind of put this weird thing that it, it sort of established the idea of like getting in on trades, getting in on, I mean, not, it, you know, they worked differently at that time, but just the, the idea of like trade goods as this malleable currency that you right. can, you can play with, you know, you can, you can get away with a lot of weird things. I think that always excited me. And I think just from the sheer standpoint of, uh, it's worth reiterating the Axis and Allies thing, which is like Axis and Allies was a game where if it was 3v2, like we basically had two separate rooms allotted for conversations to have happen because the Allies would need to go talk about their next round right. and then come back to the table. And the reason we always wanted a game that was bigger than that is we wanted two people to leave the room and then go back into the, like, you know, the Allies all step out, but then America. And Britain go back in and it's like, hey, we need to talk about Russia real quick, though. Like, right. that was always sort of a feel that we wanted. And TI was that. So, like, from the get-go, it was all about secret conversations for us. Like, yeah. every faction thematic. was played in a way where, what 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 can I do to have secret conversations? Because right. that's right. just the point. That's the point of the game for us. I mean, you were talking about, like, oh, like, Sean putting on this, like, kind of bug man affect that he's just making making up off off the fly yeah well, we played uh it, it's a bummer to me that you didn't play axis and allies with us in high school because yeah. when we did that we would just we were play just you know churchill and, and like hitler right. and like well and i remember that i remember it. that even with our group like our, our group you know the, the person who played germany had a german accent the entire game right and it was all about saying things in a bombastic no we will do it this way and we, <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> like and, and I think that bled into this is like it's if we're going to play this game all day, we're going to get stupid about it. Like that's that's the point of it. Like you don't spend all day playing a game with someone because you want to invest in deep strategies. You spend all day with someone because you want to have fun. Right. Right. Um, but I think, too, the other thing that kind of instilled this um, penchant for secret conversations was the fact that TI3 base game especially the way we played it was like the most cold war thing ever. Right? right. We were, we were terrified to attack each other and TI three base game was Imperial granted you two victory points. Just, you just get it for playing Imperial two whole victory points. And then mm -hmm. initiative lets you, um, you know, take the, the next, like whoever took initiative would get speaker and then would be able to pick, speaker token first or i would get to pick strategy cards first next round so the order was always first person picks imperial second person picks initiative the rest of the players get to pick a strategy card that is different but right. like 
the first two up always pick eight and then one. And then there's a there's a clock on the game. And we would we would end plenty of games at like like, you know, oh, Hunter's at six points, but in two rounds he's gonna get Imperial to score two more points, and we can see where he's gonna get two more points. We might as well end it right now. Right. Because of the way that Imperial thing is gonna time out. There were so many games where that's all that mattered was the clock. And because of the clock, like we we were terrified of aggression. And so we just leaned into the the social aspect of it. The the like it became less about what plays can you make and more about what deals can you make to grant yourselves the resources or whatever you need to score victory points, right? Like right. how can you get more trade goods out of somebody else so that you can score the point? It also helps that we didn't know the rules really. Well, yeah, that we probably well. we probably <laughs> broke a bunch of stuff to 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 make things the wrong way, but like in general, we were just like all we were doing was playing diplomacy, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, with with more mechanics to it, but, like, at the end of the day, if we had... It's funny that we never took up diplomacy. At least yeah. I never did. No, I, I, I played I, it a couple times, we, but not, not really that much. But uh, I, I think it, it became more of a strategy game about, like... I was obsessed with just knowing things that other players didn't know... So it was just like, hey, uh, so-and-so, go into the other room with me. What, what are you thinking? What do you think about doing this round? <laughs> oh, I You're don't know. I'm the one that I know that does that. That is but just we, like... I think we all used to, like, we all used to do it to a certain, uh, uh, like, amount. Like, it was just about, like... What, wh- when do you think you're going to play leadership? Do you think right. you're going to play it on the first turn or the second turn? And, like... <laughs> It, sometimes it was, yeah, it was like we were bad and, and we were trying to make these decisions based on nothing, but it felt like the right way to play of of being like, I got to get the right information because that's what I have over my opponents is knowing what's going to come. Right. I, I, that's the only thing I can plan for is the information that I have. So I have to choose when I withhold certain information and when I give up certain information. Yeah. And I mean, like, it was just all about deal making, basically. Yeah, because it was all about deal making and secrets. Right. And at first, I feel like we didn't understand the game well enough to do anything besides that. So, like, we didn't really see, yeah. we didn't really understand how beautiful, like, the strategy card system was. Or right. it became, rather, because it wasn't good uh, right off the bat. Once all we got I know, the All I know is the original pitch from you and Sean was there's these things called trade goods, and you can just give them to anybody at any time. <laughs> and there's these agendas that completely change the rules of the game as things happen. And that right. was like the two main things that we were excited about is like not about any other mechanics of the game, but just like you can do stupid stuff with trade goods and the game is going to break itself. Right. Yeah. And like it sucked that <laughs> that those agendas were attached to like a strategy card that like you didn't really want to take right. because like it we never... were saying there's a very specific like no you need to take um imperial and then right. initiative if you're second if and you're then after that it's just kind of like eh. right yeah especially early on there's like no reason to take politics so the agenda card thing the or the, the the agenda aspect of the game was always a little underwhelming but um i don't know i i think for so long my success in the game was at least from my perception based purely off of who I was able to like be smarmy with, you know, like who who could I just get in bed with me and and that would be how I won a game. Yeah. I honestly, in those days, I remember always thinking that you were a very friendly, like, I don't know if it just worked out. We were kind of always on the same side of stuff, Mm -hmm. but I remember when, when it was the early TI three days, I always felt like I could deal with you 
really easily or, or that like, like it was really easy for us to create, um, like sort of makeshift alliances that weren't yeah. really alliances. Like, you know how it is, especially right. I was when you're, always yeah. willing to talk at the yeah. very least. Like I'm always willing to talk. Cause if anything, hopefully I can just get some information out of you. And that's right. all I care about knowing is like get, getting something that can maybe inform me to make another decision later. Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny thinking about it in that context that, that I think I used to be a lot more willing to volunteer that information f- to you. Um, yeah. And that over time, I feel like I give, uh, I, I am less willing to give stuff away like this that. podcast has certainly made us more opposed to each other as players. Right. In games. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, well, do we want to kind of fast forward to the present at this point and kind of talk I think about we TI4 should, yeah, a little bit? Because I, yeah. I, cause honestly, within TI3 too, it's like we were never good enough to, I think, elaborate on like any more strategy than that i, I don't think i think well, especially we, we, early now especially definitely. early but even by the end of our ti3 career like we were reading up on strategies and stuff but even then once you got into the game i mean again it was i'm gonna get a random faction i'm gonna kind of haphazardly put together a pie slice and i'm just gonna go with whatever i feel like in the moment i i don't i really even up until the end of ti3 i don't remember ever prepping a strategy beforehand or thinking oh, that- about what I need to do. There was like general rules that we had with factions, you know, like that we knew that like, okay, with Barony, you can afford to get bigger ships. And mm-hmm. like, we, we knew the general themes of each faction, but it wasn't like we ever had build orders or like specific things we were trying to accomplish with a faction. Like with what, with what we try and do with this show. Um, right. It's funny that you bring that up though, because I remember a trip we took together um, down to Little Rock because I had to like notarize a letter. <laughs> like, like we had to drive all the way across the state just because I needed to notarize something and mail it. I don't remember why. Um, but, and maybe that's just how it is in Arkansas. It's like, if you, oh, you want to notarize it? Well, there's only, there's one, only person one person in the state in the that state. does that. Um, that actually might have been the deal. Um, but regardless, I remember us finding, uh, I wish I could remember where it was. I actually tried to look for it the other day. Um, it was like a little um, website someone had made that just had like all of the factions in TI3. I've seen it. I feel like I found it before, but it's also just based off of a, a BGG post. There's like a really good BGG post yeah. somewhere out somewhere. there of someone breaking down all the factions like really in depth. Yeah. And I, I would read that, and then I would, like, try and apply a lot of that logic to, to the games that I would play. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, I think... I also feel like I was a lot pickier about what faction I would play um, in TI3 I was in not general. at all. No, I wanted yeah, to play everything. Yeah, you were just like, whatever. My goal was to play every single faction. I, I, I would, like, refuse to play a faction if I had played it within the past 10 factions, you know? Right, right. Which makes it hard to have a favorite. I feel like yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I've I've always struggled. I mean, I always used to just kind of say like Jolnar, I guess maybe Mentak, but I, neither of them were very strong favorites. Yeah. Um. Oh, I should say we we uh, this was in our notes, but like I think the biggest shift into like really, I I think what you're talking about, I remember that like going through all the factions, and I think the big shift was when we got away from um regular imperial when we got the expansions for sure you didn't have you weren't locked into that imperial initiative picking order you like imperial just got different you know didn't didn't guarantee points that way and so from that point on it was like oh i can pick any strategy card at any point in the game and they're all good Mm -hmm. i mean they're not all great but they're all useful in some way and now i can actually like try to make more informed decisions on what i'm gonna get 
I, yeah, I think the strategy before, cards just made more sense at that point because right, the system yeah. wasn't so dictated. Yeah, before with with Imperial one, you really are just like waiting for your turn to get Imperial, and so it's like oh, I guess in the meantime I'll just get I don't know tech. Like I, it never felt like I was making an informed decision. It was just like I'm just gonna get something until I can get Imperial. Right. Right. Well, all right. So let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, last year, like let's yeah. let's get all the way to it. Ti four. How do you feel like you have? Um, well, I, actually, let's say. What has been the common thread with you as a player going into TI4 and going all the way from being this like little Nancy boy that doesn't know anything about strategy games right. uh, to like the, you know, playing TI4 all the time person that you are these days? Um, what do you feel like has been the common thread that has stuck with you? So I, I think the best way to answer this is to say like, what was the thing in TI4 that most excited me? And it's, I think it's the thing that excited both of us, but, um, when we first, when they start, first started releasing info and like, we eventually got the rule book reading about how the new trade system worked, right. Was like blowing our minds, how much yeah. more flexible it was. And because we were coming from people who like to make deals, like the fact that it sounds like in TI4, you have even more like ways to make deals. The promissory note system is even better. Like they gave you more opportunities to make deals that I, I think I leaned even harder into that, except for now I I'm, I'm thinking about the game even more. And so the the deals aren't just like the stupid whatever kind of deals I was trying to make before. It's like, no, it's it's actually more mathematical how you need to consider making your deals. Like you need to know exactly what you're getting out of it. But it still relies on that aspect of the game, right? For me, I am still a deal-making player more than anything else. Right. Yeah, and it helps that the word deal is actually in the rule It's like a lexicon thing Like now. it's a real yeah, it's thing. A, right. Instead of it just kind of being like, a, well, we just didn't really like dictate that. Yeah. You just kind of you 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 know what we mean, basically. Right. Like it's like there were promissory notes and there were trade goods, and it's like, yeah, whatever you do with those, you do with those. We're we're not gonna like figure it out for you. Whereas right. with TI four, there's a lot more like no, there's this is really built into it. the game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, and so, I think it it yeah. it had a terrible side effect on me, which is I wanna deal make my way out of every scenario, which means I don't do all the other things you're supposed to do to like save face and like protect your pie slice, right? Mm -hmm. Like what's the number one thing that like I get punished for? It's spreading, playing playing too thin, spreading yourself out and not def not having a strong enough defense basically. Right. And in my head, I'm always thinking I have a solid defense because I have these little handshake agreements behind closed doors with my neighbors that they won't attack me because Whatever we're, we're we you know we've struck some sort of accord and that's what's allowing me to leave my borders way too weak right. because all I want to do is launch myself at objectives. I'm using deals as my borders more than I'm using ships and PDS. Right. It's like pe people are agreeing to not attack you, but they're getting something right. for it basically. Yeah, and I try to always like I don't know. I, it's funny how I think we sometimes make me sound on this podcast because I like to play up the fact that like I'm not necessarily honorable I I guess and and but the fact that I completely rely on deals for my playstyle seems to be against that right I mean like if if people know I'm not necessarily going to be true to my word 
why would they ever make deals with me? Well, it's not, you don't, you're not, you're true to your word, but it's like math. Like it's right. like, it's, you're, you're not, you're not in control over whether you're going to be true to your word. This is kind of just like a philosophical idea, I think, with TI in general, which is that if you make a deal with someone and then that deal doesn't work for you anymore, well, you still got to win the game. That's the only goal. Right. So like right. you, 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 the thing is the only difference between you and I feel like any other player is that most players would not make as many deals as you make. So there's right. a kind of implicit, like, like forever, let's say for however many deals a player makes, um, the likelihood that they might have to, you know, walk one of those deals back or, or, or backstab goes up the more deals they make. Right? right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so you make so many deals. You're just, you're like a spider. You are <laughs> just, you're spinning these webs with so many players that it's not that you're any more or less honorable than anybody else. It's just like the likelihood that you're going to have to, to, you know, break a deal, break a deal is always really high because right. you've made so many. It would be Here's true of the, anybody. Here's the misconception I want to like break apart, which is like it, it's I don't think of myself as um, dishonorable because first off, when I'm making deals, usually what I'm trying to do with someone is like point them towards a path of victory uh, that doesn't include my stuff, <laughs> um, help them in whatever way I can, and and that also is helping me accomplish my thing without them taking my stuff, um, but. I'm never, I, I don't feel like I'm ever lying in game. You know what I mean? There, there's like a really distinct difference of like, I made a deal with you, but I was just lying the whole time and I was always planning on betraying you. It's right. like, no, no, no. When we made that deal, I believed in right, it. Right, right. But then the so-and-so entered themselves into the picture or or something messed up. I, the, the bad dice roll on my front, like forced my hand to have to do something different. You know what I mean? I was like, right. I'm always susceptible to the changing board state. And so I'm always, it's, it's not that I'm not going to hold to a deal, but if the logic says, if it would be completely stupid for me to keep to that deal, just because I said I would hold my word, like I'm not going to do it. I'm, right. I'm just straight up not going to hold true to my word if it no longer benefits me anymore. But when we made the deal, it was a thing that I intended on benefiting both of us. Right. Yeah, yeah. I feel I mean, like I, I think that totally makes sense. That totally scans. It's just yeah. It's the it's only the frequency at which you make deals that makes you perceivably less honorable. Right. Basically, that's really I, it. It's just the amount. Some of my favorite moments are playing in games where um, I'm sitting next to our friend Laura, who is. It's so sad that I don't get to play with her anymore. But because Laura was always really good about. Um, like reaffirming my belief in in like what I just described, which is if I ever had to betray Laura in a deal, which happened multiple times, like we would make a deal <laughs> and then something would happen and I would be like, Laura, I'm sorry, I'm I'm about I'm about to blow up all your stuff. Laura would always be the person to be like, I understand. I get like I see I yep, the the things have changed and here we go. I get it. Like right. and that like that reaction was so was, was always so much more assuring of like I'm not a I'm not doing a like an inherently bad thing i'm doing a strategically beneficial thing it's not like i'm just trying to like screw everyone at the table over Listen at to all moments he's like a politician like, <laughs> listen to what 
he's saying. Do not believe his lies. <laughs> They're not lies. It really, really. I'm, I'm an honest. I know. Person. I, I, I know that they, they are. They aren't lies. And I'm, and I'm telling you, the thing that I'm going to stick on forever is this: just that you make so many that you yeah. that it is such a core part of your strategy that to me, it, to me playing against you, a lot of times I, I won't really consider a deal from you unless. Unless it can't bite me in the back, like yeah. unless there's there, unless it's just like a like a one in a, a transaction, like just a one in one transaction, right? Sure, but yeah, no, I like a deal uh, almost never, and it's because it's so- of that. It's because of that understanding of like you're going to make a lot of deals, and yeah. the second that the board state shifts, I don't ever want to be on the bad end of a deal I've struck with you because I know that you're going to make a whole bunch. If you were just going to like make a deal or two, you know, with like me or your other neighbor or like whatever, right. Then it would be easier to be like, well, okay, this might not. It's the fact I know what it is. It's the fact that I go, Hunter, do you want to go have a secret conversation? And we go have a secret conversation and we come back in the room and I go, okay, Laura, do you want to go have a secret conversation real quick? And Laura's your other neighbor. And it's like, wait, no, but we just, hang on what are we why are you needing to talk to them and i'm just like no no no. it's not a big deal i just have some other things to talk about but you have no reason to believe, to believe i'm not making a plan that's now against you or something right right and i mean i think that's almost always true um right i and i and it's not even that and the thing is too like in that situation where you're gonna talk to me and you're gonna talk to somebody that's my neighbor i know it's not based on emotion like you're going to make the choice based on the board state but you're like keeping both options open and exactly. the fact that oh that's such web... a big factor that i'm not even yeah. i don't even think about consciously yeah but when i'm making a deal our deal isn't even finalized when we finish the conversation because it's like okay i now see what i can get out of hunter can i get something better out of sean like i need to right. go check my other options i need to go see what deals are available i, I don't think i usually leave secret conversations with a like, okay, I'm going to do this and you're going to do this. It's, it's again, it's that like swapping information thing, right. you know, it's just like, what are your goals right now? These are my goals right now. How can we make those work? Well, I would, I would like it if you did this. Okay. You would like it if I did that. Okay. Got it. I- I'll consider that. Let's and, go back into the room. And it's made it where like, I, at this point, I don't want to tell you anything when right. we play. I'm like, do not tell him anything. Any information you give him can be used against you and right. also helps him understand the board overall, which is not right. good for you. Yeah. Basically. I'm trying to, I don't, I don't, I don't think I read the board especially well, um, but you I just do ask try to everybody read. what's going I, on and you exactly. figure it out. I just, I just try to get the information from everyone. That's right. Uh, I, this makes me think of an anecdote of one of our streams, our, uh, the stream where I won as the Winu. Yeah. Uh, it ends with you really upset because you were the Muat and you gave me your support for thr- the throne in like the last round or like the second to last round or something mm-hmm. like that. And the way you described it was uh, you knew you had to offer me, the only way you stood a chance was to give me your support for the throne because you knew I wouldn't take any other deal. Right, And I remember thinking in the moment, I don't know if that's true. And I think it's because of my weakness as a player of if you had just taken me out of the room and started offering me stuff, I may have been blindsided by the fact that we were even talking and you were giving me information that I may not have specifically been like, nope, it's the support for the throne or bust. Like, I think maybe I can be coerced into things if if I'm not looking at all of the 
right end results and that's you know? I, that, I feel like that's a general problem with with you and yeah i didn't recognize it in in that moment because i always kind of can like because i think i've gotten to a point where making deals with you is so like it 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 really weighs heavy on my soul every time i'm like <laughs> all right i guess it's time cuz you're the devil like it's like it's <laughs> like making a deal with the devil you're like well i can't believe i've had to turn to this horrible place it's, but here it's we the are same- I'll, I'll compare it to how we both feel about support for the throne. Why would I give someone support for the throne if it then leads to them winning? Your opinion right. is, why would I make a deal with Matt if that deal could lead to him winning? Exactly. Specifically exactly. me. Like, if that would be... If you could make a deal with Sean and it leads to him winning and that would be okay. But if you make a deal with me and it leads to me winning, that's the worst thing that could ever happen to you. Right. Yeah, and I think I think in that game in particular... Um, I, yeah, I just, I was so convinced that there, that you weren't going to take anything else. Um, and yeah, it's hard for me to remember the, I remember that, like, I remember that nugget of me thinking that, but I can't really remember all of the information of the game in general. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I just have a perception of you being a shrewd deal maker when it actually isn't really that you're shrewd. It's that you are doing it a lot that you're like, it's the shotgun approach to deal making. It's just like. And the other Come thing is your, your your brain is like a Windows 98 PC. Like it's <laughs> it 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 computes and it's you know it's got like it's it's solid at what it does and you know we all loved Windows 98. Um but it gets over like you try and process only got way more data than of... <laughs> I ever try and process. Like yeah. I will process like one thing at a time whereas you're processing like 10 things. Which like and I, I feel don't like process when you, all of it well, yeah. right? So like your pitfalls always end up being like like little mistakes that you made because you were right. processing too many things. So right. yeah, I mean that I should have played into that. Um, sometimes, especially when I'm playing Muat, um, it's you know I think my problem is you're already in a living nightmare, right? So. Right, and and like going into that, like I I mean I I get into like kind of a slump. Uh, in like the mid game, especially when I'm playing a faction oh, yeah. like that. Well, don't worry. Don't next really week enjoy. we'll talk plenty about you and your. your well, are we gonna do that? Are we gonna things. do that next week? I don't know if we want to do that next. Well, week. soon, soon yeah. for yeah. sure. We'll we'll get there soon. Um, all right. Well, is there is there any other stray stuff we want to get in before we head on head on out? What do you feel wow. like? What was like your your? Do you remember um, any particular game moment that you feel like you were like, wow, that is like essential me like that like if if any of us you know if you had had like a highlight reel of twilight imperium plays that you're like proud of like it's what that, i mean it, it is that winu game that yeah, winu that, game that winu game is crazy i i mean it's winu so this is sort of inherent in winu but like i left myself wide open and doug jumped on me and i immediately went free support for the throne for anyone that wants to deal with doug right and like immediate and then mike was kind of like oh I think I'm interested and like we started making deals to make it work and like the plans were all set in stone and then it didn't stop there though because then at a certain point Doug and I started going into the other room and say and 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 I was talking to him about like what is gutting me going to do for you I don't see any objectives in my slice and he started being like no you're right I think I need to pull back because I think all I'm doing is making myself a target Mike starting to like he was just like I need to pull back so I get both of you away from me and I want to stop and, and just like that whole interplay of like I got to talk to Mike I got to talk to Doug I got to talk to Hunter because he's next to Mike and I don't like I just had to like start coordinating everyone a little bit and getting an idea of who was maybe going to come against me because there's no other way I'm ever going to win is Winu if I don't know who's going to attack me before they're going to attack me which stream is that 
just like, like we've talked about second, it a lot. It's it's the first or second stream. It's an early stream. Yeah. Um, no, it's the isn't that the um the hundred thousand live stream? Oh, is it? Is it that one? No, I don't think it is. I don't think that's the one. Uh, the here's h- what I know. Here's what I know about the stream. It's the first stream where we played with weird rules. So it's also kind of a bunk game anyways. Wait, it's the no, first no, no, time no. we played with no, like no, no, audience no. agendas. No, 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 no. We we did not play with weird rules that game. Because that was when we were still writing the this is not great. <laughs> this is uh, terrible audio. Yeah, this is terrible podcasting right now. It's the April seventh, um, twenty eighteen game. That's the one. Yeah. So just yeah, cut around that. But yeah, good. Um all right, well, do you think? Do you think in in a weird way because of that? Do you think Winu is like kind of your 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 secret favorite? Yeah, I've said this on the on the Discord multiple times. I I want to declare Winu as my favorite just from the sheer point of like what a stupid favorite to have, and like it is what Winu require. Like Winu requires outside of game elements ways to win. Right, right. You cannot right. win a game based on purely like mathematical that like Winu is the worst faction. Right. But if you can <laughs> wiggle your way out, you might be okay. Right, cuz they have this really weird hyper specific path to victory. Right. That's that the other thing. There's just no I mean, way they so, can execute it themselves. Right. I've been talking a lot about how Yin is also like right in my wheelhouse, but Winu has that thing of like the 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 path is clear. Though the pitfalls are clear, you just got to keep everyone off your back. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that's a fascinating problem to have. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that makes sense. That you would, you would like the faction that puts. I enjoy the challenge you. of the of like how are you going to get yourself out of the mechanical problems. It's why I, I haven't. I don't think I've played Mua at all yet, but I think I would. I think I have a similar interest in Mua of like how can I gain the resources necessary to succeed in other ways like how or just like how can i make it all work for me when i cannot do it mechanically like there's just no way you know you talked so much in all your guide of just like the tech path isn't great there's you don't have enough money to start with there's just no way to get away from any of those problems right except for if you can just like make people give you stuff or i don't know like i don't know what the right solution is but well that's that's why i i settled on that that promissory note being the like the kind of it yeah, yeah, that's the linchpin to the whole puzzle. Yeah, but the problem is that sometimes people don't really haven't really responded too well to it. Now we're just kind of doing like a weird. That, now sure, we're just talking but, about but, Mua, but it's but. it's all point. It's all to the point of the I think the episode, which is to say like this is if 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 you identify with me as a player, if you've been hearing this and thinking that's kind of how I think about it, like that's where you take it, right? Is you need to play the factions that maybe have something big on the table to offer, right? That that right. is actually Muat has like the best promissory note in terms of like value that you could give out to somebody. Maybe not the best. I shouldn't say the best, but you know what I mean, right? It's a right. very high value promissory note. And if you can get something out of it, that's amazing. So someone who can take that and start wheeling and dealing it and coming up with interesting ways to use it they might find some success with Muat. That might be the actual strategy guide for Muat. You know, it's right. like their their mechanical abilities are terrible. So you have to use their other aspects to win yourself the game. Well, which is essentially just this promissory note, but yeah. Promissory I, note, but also like the fact that you start with a war sun, right? Like, I mean, sure. you, you could make the case for like, just threaten to completely demolish someone's home system. Like ignoring your own, like make the deal with the person on your right and then send the war sun to your left. Right. Like if you can make the deals work, maybe that works. 
obviously it doesn't work mechanically. That's what I, that's what I mean is, is like those types of players can maybe find success with, uh, it's, it's like, uh, Jensen on our discord. He plays a really good ghost. He's won 11 out of 12 games as ghosts. Wow. And it's because he's also like a deal maker kind of player. It's the same sort of idea of just like you find your success in different ways. You use the benefits of the faction in a completely different way than like the typical tactics would allow you to think about. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we're talking about Muat, so I'm going to a dark place. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, I would say uh, challenge accepted. Put your money where your mouth is yeah. and uh, I'll start trying play, to play them and, and, and I want to see it. I, I want to sure. see it before I really believe that that, that, that is the case. Yeah, I don't have yeah. A, I actually don't have any confidence in my abilities, but it's something that I, it's an interesting puzzle I want to try. Yeah. Well, let's do it on, let's see it on stream. Let's see you on the deal. stream. Yeah. Deal. Deal. All right. Deal. Well, let's 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 also make a deal and let's go do some errata. What do you yeah. say? Yeah. Hey, I want to have a. Oh wait, I did that last week. I was gonna uh, say I want to have a secret conversation, secret conversation with you. <laughs> um, well, let's. Uh, yeah. Non-binding deal. Maybe we'll do errata. Maybe we won't. Well, um, we will. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Space Cats, Peace, Turtles, Errata. What's up? Let's bring the energy up in here a little bit. Hey! Hey! Um, you know, we, I just really enjoy talking about me and myself. Yeah, God, um, I'm like... I'm just I, excited to talk about all of these disagreements I had throughout the week. What do you Right, what do you right, say? yeah. I mean, I'm covered in, in sick at this point because I've <laughs> puked many times listening to to this um this sickening display of, of me 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 meanness um <laughs> the first the first piece of errata we have is from papa dane uh lord of the imperium dane dane of twilight imperium that's works right dane of it? twilight imperium dane of dane twilight from the designer of twilight imperium right no 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 but like he's like a dane you know I like know. a dane <laughs> i get it now i didn't yeah. get it he's the oh, great dane the great dane of Twilight Imperium, um, there apparently there is nothing that prohibits action cards from being shown to others. Booyah. So I, I said last week I was like 80, 80 to 90% sure that you could show action cards to other people, and someone found the ruling where Dane emailed someone, and there's still lots of debate. There, I, I've been showing this to people throughout the week, and even they're still like, I hate that then, and I disagree, and I don't think that's what he means. But it's the, the end just really is... At one point, Dane said, "Like the the real answer is with your group, do whatever you want. It's a board game. Right? Like right. it doesn't ma- it doesn't matter to me. But there's nothing that specifically prohibits showing action cards. So his interpretation of the rule that says action cards remain hidden is similar to the justification we tried to give, which is to say they come to you hidden, they stay face down. Nobody gets to look at that without your permission. Right? It is hidden." from normal public view as every other component is public. They are distinctly different, but they are not, it is not required by you as a player to never show them to anyone. Right. But I get that there's a vague language there and I get that some people are just going to disagree with that. But suffice it to say, in our tournament, we're going to allow people to show action cards to each other and secret objectives. Yeah, yeah. Um, you shouldn't show your secret objective. There's way there's way less value in showing a secret objective, but action cards certainly there's there's some value there. And I mean, I think it's just his way of kind of saying like, listen, we didn't we didn't. That's not in the game. Like you know what I right. mean? Like it's kind of just. It's like not a, a component of right. the, of of what we're talking. Yeah, there's so right. many things that like we have gone beyond the design of the board game and gone into like it really is actually more about etiquette of how you decide you want to 
deal with that problem. Right, right. All right, well, this uh, this first errata, this first real errata, anyways, is from Archduke Ake. Um, this is all in regards to our uh, secrets and w- secret conversations and whispers episode from last week. Um, Archduke says, it sounds like you guys are currently trying to balance two different games at once. You want to make it a fair system for the people playing in the Patreon tournament, the Patreon tournament, but you also state that you want the games to be fun and dramatic to watch for everyone else. If the large majority of the players in the tournament state that they would prefer to not do secret conversations, and your response to that is, but it'll be more dramatic and fun for the people watching, then you might need to decide which is more important to you. Do you want to run a tournament that the players participating in will enjoy being in, or do you want it to be a fun and dramatic affair that is fun to watch later? I know it can be tempting to try and do both. For the first tournament, you may just need to figure out which is a higher priority and go for it. So uh, we did this. We we basically set up a poll, actually, this last week. Uh, only about 47 people participated in it. But um, I, I did want to get a better sense of like where the consensus was falling on this whispers and secret conversations issue. Mm-hmm. And to give you the gist of the poll, there is just not a consensus at all. It was basically uh, just a straight split down the middle. Um, and so for us, yeah, we, we basically took the secrets and conversation, the, the secret conversation uh, debate and had to just start making decisions because they're really... There are people that are, like, vehemently posed to both. Like, I would never play a game without secret conversations, or I would hate to play a game with secret conversations. And then there's a lot of people who just don't care. They'll play whatever TI game you throw at them. Right. Um, so Hunter and I have had to start instead thinking about sort of what Archduke 8 got into, which is, like, we just have to decide what's best for the structure of this tournament and what we're trying to achieve in this tournament. So for us, in these specific games... Uh, I think we're settling on uh, just no whisper chat. We got two more errata that I want to get into before we like really kind of break all of this down. But uh, we we want to go with the thing that is going to generate better content because yeah. that's the that's at the end of the day. Like we want to host a fun tournament, but we also want this tournament to be something that people are excited to experience through the show as well, like as as viewers and as listeners. Um, so we want to make something that is digestible. And I think the most interesting way to showcase a diplomacy game is by showing a, a game where you actually get to see the diplomacy happening. And and the fact of the matter is, in Tabletop Simulator, there's no way for like us as a game master to read your whisper chat. So that really came down to being like the biggest reason we can't allow it is right. because if, if we can't see the secret conversations you're having, we miss out on a ton of the negotiating that's going on. And that, that ruins you know, the, the way we can judge the game. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's also just like part of, um, like in the realm of, of, of tournaments for strategy board games, um, I think me and Matt are just kind of more thematic type people in general. Yep. Um, and we feel like we kind of lean heavier on the thematic side of Twilight Imperium. But that all being said... Um, we're definitely not going to ignore like people's wishes. Uh, if, right. if, if we start playing and it seems like people are not happy with like the way that this is all set up, um, that won't be fun either. So right. it, it's, I think the bottom line will be that we want, 
we want the games to have, um, we want people talking and we want to be able to, right. to hear and, and see all of that because so much of the game uh, can come out of like deal making, basically what we've right. been talking about with Matt. Yeah. This if this episode, episode is any indication, like you would miss out on all of the decision making of like me as a player if you didn't break down the conversations I was having with other players. Right. If you couldn't do that, you would be missing out on like why I'm making certain decisions. Right. Instead, it's, if you if you could only look at like my board presence, you would be looking at the game the whole time being like, why hasn't Matt built any more shit? He, he hasn't built like <laughs> more than three ships in the past four rounds. What right. is he doing? He's being an idiot. And it's like, well, you're true. You're right. Except for I've been talking to like all my neighbors and everyone who's in range with me and trying to keep them from doing anything about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I just think it comes down to like, we, we want to see all of that. Um, let, let's break down some more of this kind of conversation though. Wecker says it's probably a good uh, point to bring up that the difference between whispering and voice chat is huge in that you don't miss out on the table chat when you're whispering. I know it would throw me off a ton from the tabletop simulator community. It's like saying that, uh, t- it's like saying that taking someone to another room is a proper substitute for actually just whispering in their ear. Uh, we like this idea that that secret conversations are kind of a resource. Mm-hmm. If you and if if Hunter and I step out of the room, sure we're having a secret conversation, but the four of you now have an opening to talk about us behind our backs and right. figure out what we're plotting and and there's a whole element there. Like you don't just. People have been proposing this idea that like, well, if you if, if we allow secret conversations, people are just going to constantly have to talk to everybody before every single decision. And the reality is you don't do that because you, re- you if 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 you have a secret conversation with everyone before every moment, everyone knows that you're plotting. It's like it, it's getting into the worst of right. my problems. Right. It's it's that you're processing too much information. You should only have secret conversations with the people you're starting to get ready to pull the trigger with. You know, I don't have a secret conversation with every single player at the, at, on the board. I have a secret conversation with like my two neighbors when I need to move out of a vulnerable system or something well, like that. And I think I think the fact that so like with whisper chat, um, it's not there's no strategic punishment at all for having secret conversations constantly. Um, however, like if you step out of the room, there is a strategic like if somebody did try and step out um, into uh, the the secret conversations channel with every single player there, they are paying for that strategically. Um, in the fact that everyone can see that that's what they're doing. Uh, now everyone is paying attention to their thing and probably by the second person has figured out what this is all about. Exactly. You Um, really do reveal a lot about like the fact that you're trying to pull something off by having even a single secret conversation. For sure. Cause I mean like so much of the game's information is, is shown. So like if people look at your slice and they look at, you know, your sheet and everything, they can probably work it out what it must be right. over. Yeah, or here, here's, what, here's what always happens. If, if if someone steps out of the room to have a secret conversation, the first thing everyone does is goes, oh, let's see what they're in range of. Let's look at every single ship yep. and see yep. where it can get. And you start, and then like, oh, we didn't notice that he can go over there. But because he stepped out of the room, we started looking. That's that's what you pay for. That's, see, and that's, and that's what I like about having the setup um, of like there being a separate channel is that everybody has to pay for it. It's like you you don't get away with having secret conversations, which is something that in, you know, in a lot of groups is not even a thing, period. Um, you right. don't get to do it for free. It costs something. Yep. So, I mean, I think those people that would never have a secret conversation, at least they can know that like, well, they're, they're having to really 
tell everyone that they're having this conversation and it's completely open um, and it also is getting everybody thinking in a way that might not be strategically best for that player. So right. I, yeah, I just want it to cost something. Um, that's, that's really, that's really where I'm at personally in all of this yeah. is, uh, I, I definitely don't want it to not be a thing at all, but I also don't want it to be the easiest thing in the world to do. Right. And, and that points to unaligned Magi's, uh, last point here, which is Games with whispering on TTS are the most boring games I've ever played of TI. It goes from this big social and strategy game to a game of people sitting silently typing to each other. Debates, threats, and negotiations are no longer shared by the group. What is the point in playing TI if it is all hidden away? You are taking away the thing that makes TI what it is. Because as a pure strategy game, it actually isn't very good. But as a space opera, it is awesome. It's and and that's like the final point there is like TI is a politics game. And this is why I, I understand the people that say we don't even allow secret conversations because we want everything out in the open. And I think right, this is even right. unaligned Magi's approach. Is like he likes everything at the table. And I'm fine with that, but like we were saying, the, the fact that it's a cost to step away means like you're you're changing what your negotiations mean. The difference though is in Whisper Chat, it's it is a completely different context. And right. I, and I've seen this too, where the games just turn into no one is speaking out loud to each other and no one knows who's talking to each other. And it just becomes like, okay, let's just sit here while everyone types. And it's not interesting because we don't get to see any of that element. We don't we don't get to witness the the crazy shenanigans that are going on because that is that's why it's fun to play a game with whisper chat, but it's not fun to like see it or be a part of it if you're not whispering yourself. Right, right. I think it just I think it just changes the game too much to something that it is different, fundamentally uh, different. Yeah, it's not necessarily like in my opinion, like worse or like, you know, I don't, I don't even know for sure that I prefer one over the other, like as a no. player. Um, I just know that I, in the thing about us doing a tournament is that what we would like obviously prefer to do is like fly people from all over the world to like one place and do It'll it be, up real right. big. That obviously that's what we would want to do. Um, so TTS is just kind of for us, I think more of a concession of the limitations. Yeah, it is. That's true. So we're just trying to get the game that we love, that we've fallen in love with, uh, in in a tournament setting, um, right. and and that our experiences have been mostly playing it in person. Um, right. So I mean, if we give this a go and we realize like, oh, you know, we really need to lean into the TTS aspects of this more, then I think we will probably see that. Um, and, yeah. And obviously, well, like, it's going to be a lot of people in the tournament, and we will get a lot of feedback. I think just from their experience with it as well. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point there, which is while this tournament is being held on Tabletop Simulator, I don't actually consider this a Tabletop Simulator tournament. Yeah. Um, I think that's like a different thing we might do in the future, which is like someday, yeah, maybe we will have a tournament where we completely lean into TTS and do everything that that opens up for us. And, and that would change the scope of that tournament. But it's like, that would be a tournament that is specifically designed for the TTS community. What we're trying to do is design a tournament that is for the whole community. And by nature of trying to make it international and something that anyone can join in on, we have to use TTS. Right, right. We ready for that rundown? Are we, do, we feel, am, do we feel good about this? 
I feel good about this. I uh, I want to. I guess the last note is to say, if you disagree with us still on secret conversations, please know that you're not alone. Right. Um, and that <laughs> it's like like this. This is this is the same as the king making an etiquette debate, which is just that like everyone feels differently, and there's no there isn't actually a right answer. If you're playing with your casual group, you should communicate these kinds of thoughts though right. to them, right. and you should know like you you all as a group should make a consensus about how you feel about these different things because it's certain certainly is not a commonly agreed upon issue there, yeah. there is no consensus i agree i agree um yeah this is the the it's i i really like when we hit like a an issue like this and there's a lot of conversation kind of going one way or the other just to realize that there's like so many different types of people that play twilight imperium and that see right. something great in it um and even if they're like kind of taking away like other things like i i don't know i i i love it um what a what what a game! I I'm willing to say that I actually think it's a good game. Yeah, yeah. I I if I were to rate it, I would probably rate it highly. I don't know. I I couldn't give it a score. At least a seven. At least. You can go to our Twitter for game <laughs> updates and announcements. Um, you can check out our Facebook for questions. You can send Matt uh, texts late at night, um, or during the day if you're in Sweden. Um, you can check out the. Twilight Imperium subreddit, uh, we post there weekly. Uh, that's how you get, you know, some discussion in on uh, on episodes and stuff. Um, we've got a BGG guild that uh, d- is there too, and you could check in with Robofish and be like, "Hey, Robofish, what you doing?" We should just change the name of the BGG guild to Robofish's <laughs> tank, is- <laughs> his his little aquarium, and he's Robo-fish's just in there swimming around. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Oh yeah, I love it here." Um, and you know, you got to come in and feed them with, uh, with, and that's what the episodes are. No, actually, you know what? We we always, we always point out, uh, Robofish. I want to point out that also, uh, Brian, who's also known as Tom Booms, uh, he likes, he's, he's been dipping more and more into the BGG Guild because he knows that if he posts there, uh, it'll probably get read on the show because uh, that's definitely happened multiple times. Because when it's the only post on BGG and it's longer than four sentences, yeah, there's a decent chance I'm just gonna throw it in the show, uh, no matter what. That's gonna get seen. That's a good point. Um, yeah. <laughs> any any chance that calendar is gonna be updated anytime soon? Never. We, never. Okay. Good. Um, you can email us at spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail. Um, and that's where we like to receive uh, this Imperium life stories and plays of the week. Um, love both of those. Uh, we also have a Patreon. Um, uh, and today is the last day that you can sign up for the tournament or, or that rather today is the last day that you can uh, contribute to the, to the Patreon and then be able to register for the tournament. Right. Um, Uh, So I want to say there that like uh, for everyone who is a new person registering in the month of October after, you know, it takes a couple days for like that stuff to process. Then we send out a message to everyone with a link to a Google form where you can sign up and include your information. And that's how we contact everyone for the actual tournament. So if you're still wondering, how am I actually do, how do I know if I'm signed up for the tournament? If, if you were a member in September, I sent out a message last month. You should check your Patreon inbox, but I'm going to send another one out, uh, you know, beginning of November, first couple days of November and everyone will get a chance to join. We're going to leave that open for a few days. I think we're even going to leave it, what do we decide, like a couple weeks before we actually turn the sign off. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, so you will, you will have time to, you will have already contributed to the Patreon, but you will not miss a window to, uh, to actually sign up for the games themselves. And then we'll go from there into scheduling games and the rest of the tournament. But today, October 31st, 
is your last chance to get in on the Patreon and be a part of the tournament. Cool, cool. Um, you can check out our Discord for fun conversations and Patreon benefits. That's also where a lot of errata is coming from these days. Um, that's where a lot of the discussion gets really hot and, and wild and, and, and wet and wild and crazy and wild. Um, and we're <laughs> sitting in Uranus reading that. Um, rate us on your podcast app of choice, especially Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. And hey, what up? My name's Hunter. Um, I am a stand-up comedian. And uh, I want to fill you in on a couple shows. I kind of dumped all of my shows for the month in, so I'm probably not going to read all of these. But um, the main thing I want to let you know is that every Thursday, um, I co-host a show called Earthquake Hurricane. That starts at 8 p.m. And uh, it happens at a, a coffee shop in Portland, Oregon, called Ford Food and Drink. Um, it is a very good show. I really enjoy it, and I co-host it with some friends of mine. And um, this week, we actually actually will be having a super secret special guest that might not show up. Um, so I feel like I don't necessarily want to say his name, um, but he is shooting a special uh, with HBO in Portland this week. And yeah, so he will hopefully be coming by. Maybe he won't. I, I, I don't know. Um, and then you can also catch me at a couple other shows where I'm just like a guest performer. Uh, I'm going to be at Dead Comics Society on November 2nd at 8 p.m. Um, that's a rogue brewing company. Uh, I'm going to be on a election day show um, called Results May Vary on November 6th. That's at 5 p.m. Uh, at Kelly's Olympian. Um, and on November 7th, I'm going to be a guest on a live taping of, an, of a podcast called Did We Solve It, um, which is a podcast uh, featuring a couple Portland comedians that are friends of mine, and they uh, kind of talk about like race issues and stuff like that. Um, it's uh, very interesting, uh, very different than what you're hearing now, though. Um, and that is at 9 p.m. at uh, Kickstand uh, Comedy. Um, and the last show I really want to tell you about is one that I co-host with a friend of mine named Jake Silberman. Uh, it's a really great show called Comedy Bender, and that is on November 10th um, at noon, and that takes place at The Lamp, which is a bar connected to the Aladdin Theater. Pretty busy November for me, comedically. Holy cow, yeah, that was um, ridiculous. Got a lot uh, got a lot <laughs> going on this month. Um, let's thank some Patreon. I want to thank, yeah, I want to thank some Space Kitties. I want to thank Jim Boff, Jada Paik, and Dustin Doom. And I also want to thank the patrons Humble, SSRRU, uh, Daniel Bowley, who recently emailed us and i think i may have even still just butchered it he oh no he said it's like goalie so dan daniel bowley and a m reichel do you want and, me to read the play of the week no i want to read it because okay. i didn't write it i wrote that this is my play of the week it's not really my play but it was in a game that i played with yin for life aviator panster zendog and wecker so shout out to all five of you for joining me on uh we, we started a game somewhat early last saturday and uh there was just a really cool moment in it that I wanted to kind of break down. Um, it was the very first agenda phase, I think. There's going to be a lot of details that I have totally wrong. Um, as Wecker pointed out, I seemed out of it that game. It was probably the worst game I've ever played, and it was me as ghosts. That aside, it was like our first agenda phase, and I was tied with the lead uh, with two other players. And it was, you know, it's it's an early lead, right? So it's like three points or four points or something. Uh, there's two other players that are just one point behind us. And then one player, the extra, is trailing a little bit more behind that. Maybe one or two more points. Um, the previous action phase, 
myself and my Isaral neighbor had decided against my own advice that I constantly give on the show. We trade, we exchanged support for the thrones. Uh, I had been nervous about uh, my borders and decided to just cut, just stop the conversation. And I, I don't know, it's not how I would normally play ghosts. And it was another ingredient to a horrible game that I played. But after we traded support for the thrones, most of the table, of course, moaned and groaned at the fact that it was happening and anticipated that there was going to be more of these exchanges, right? Once two people exchange, everyone starts exchanging. Um, but back to the agenda phase, Seed of the Empire is revealed, which is the <laughs> one where it's four, the players in the lead gain a victory point against the players in last place gain a victory point. Since Extra is the only one who will benefit from the against, the debate begins to rage. I was completely set on getting the seed point because I was in the lead. Uh, and there were two others, so it's giving half the players a lead. I thought it made total sense. Why wouldn't the three of us all go for it? But there's a case to be made for just giving extra a leg up and not letting anyone who's already in the lead get further ahead. Um, I'm the first to vote, and myself and Asarl finally decide to cross our fingers and hope that the other uh, players will just go ahead and vote in our favor. Well, as luck would have it, on the next uh, player's turn... The secret plan that was happening underneath our noses was revealed. The vote was never a question because the two other players that are tied for second place each offered each other their support for the thrones, which now set them also tied for the lead. Because if you remember, they were only one point behind us. So now with five players all in first place, they all vote four and everyone gains a point leaving wow. extra in the dust. That's smart that they saw that opportunity. They were like, listen, we can both get two points here if we just do this. It was such a great moment, too, because I spent so long kind of like debating. <laughs> I, You know, I did what I did. I just like took so much time out of everyone's day to like, right. OK, well, if we break it down this way and then like it came to Sorrel's turn to vote and like the debate continued to go. And it's like, OK, how are we going to do this? Do you want to do that? I don't know. And just like really talking through every single possible possible decision and then the second it was that next person's turn to vote they were just like okay cool you want to swap support for the thrones and then we'll just get it <laughs> oh yeah yeah let's do that okay cool done like <laughs> probably 20 minutes of discussion just burned for 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 them to have already known what they were gonna that's do that's so funny that's yeah. so funny yeah that, that's a really good play i i love it when uh when people just like recognize uh little opportunities like that um that's so that's such a twilight imperium type thing Especially with you, like, kind of filibustering the whole well, process. The, like, well, that's that's what was so good about it, too, was it was them, like, you know, it, me and Asaro had to spend a lot of votes. So they were they were just sitting there being shut up because it's like, hey, the more votes they burn, the better. You know, it was that. I'm pretty sure it was the first agenda. I, I might see, be totally wrong smart. here. But it's sort of the thing of just, like, let these two talk it out because they're going to end up, like, the easy, if, if we talked right now, we would all just use one vote. Or whatever, or like nobody right. would vote. We would let and it now go they through. could it go somebody into wasting some votes. Exactly, That's great. It, That's it was really it was some smart. version of that scenario. So it it ended up being uh, just really brilliant. And as soon as it happened, I was just like, oh my god, that's amazing! Play of the week done. So, congrats to all those players that that were a part of that, and and thank you for showing me how to play the game uh, well because I did not play well in that particular game. Yeah, good. I like hearing about that. Especially after <laughs> all never, this talk about you, you. You only get to be in those every now and then when I yeah. when I just totally tank it. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. That's Those are yummy, yummy times. Yummy times for me. 
Um, well, let's let's get out of here. We are, man, let me tell you, we are dangerously close to uh, having a really big tournament to prepare, Hunter. So we yep. need to start. <laughs> yeah, it's buckling ridiculous. Buckling down and getting ready to Oh, speaking to of which, uh, have, where's my video? Where's my video? I have I have to go. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>